Are your customers the kind who politely come and go and sometimes leave you little hearts on social media? Or are they actually obsessed with what you do? The difference between an incredible brand and all the others is how they create fans. Welcome to the Brand to Fan Show, where we unpack the phenomenon of fandom and how to cultivate affinity, loyalty, and trust to build more fans so you can future-proof your business. Here's your host, Lauren Teague. Welcome back. It's episode 20 of the Brand to Fan Show. Did you know that most podcasts don't make it past 10 episodes and very few podcasts in the history of podcasts actually get to 20 episodes? And here we are just a few months in, four months into the Brand to Fan Show. We've been delivering this weekly. It hasn't always been easy, but we've made it. Uh, here are 20 episodes. So just a little round of applause for you, the listener, for sticking with us um, through 20 episodes, for listening to guests like uh, Jay Bear, and Handley, Tamsin Webster, Ron Tite, Scott Stratton, Brian Fanzo, the list goes on and on. I am so grateful to all of the guests who have joined us um, on this journey of exploring what fandom is, what fandom means to customers, what fandom means to employees, what fandom means to your business and how to grow your business through fandom. It's kind of fun to have your own group of supporters or fans, and you listeners are certainly one of those. And today I've invited three of my favorite listeners who are also on the producer credits uh, to join me for part of this episode. Uh, To kick this off, we wanted to talk as a group about what the show has meant to us, um, what we've learned through the show. And uh, and how we've unpacked fandom kind of behind the scenes and uh, doing that for you. So in this show, I promise to bring you some of my favorite people, whether they're experts or influencers or authors. Today, I'm bringing you three of my favorite people. They are my ride or die team, affectionately known as my mom squad. It is Carrie Helbush, Kimberly Voorhees, and Ashley Ruiz from the Brand Fan Show production team. Welcome, ladies. Hey, Yay, happy to be here. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so if we are uh, uh, listening to this and not watching it on YouTube, then we need to let people know who is who. So um, I'm going to ask you real quick just to say your name and how many kids you have. <laughs> and what's your favorite episode of the Brand Fan Show? Ashley. My name is Ashley Ruiz. I have three children. They are small and mighty. Uh, and my favorite episode was Neen James. I thought her, uh, I thought her excitement was just like infectious. Let alone just what she had to say. But I was like, I want to meet her. I want to be her friend. That's yeah, worthwhile. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. How about Kimberly? Uh, how many kids and uh, favorite episode? Yes, I'm Kimberly Voorhees. I have five kids. We eat a lot of food, and I had a few different favorites. But I think Jake McKee and talking about community really stood out to me. Um, it just felt like something I could resonate with about, uh, I could instantly think about multiple brands where I've been part of the community and the community experience. So I found myself going back to that episode a few different times. Amazing. Thank you. And certainly not least, uh, Carrie Helbush. Yes. Hi, I'm Carrie Helbush. I have four kids. We live in the beautiful state of Colorado and, um, we also eat a lot of food. (laughs) (laughs) 
And we are a performing arts family, and we just acquired a trombone. So stuff is about to get spicy around here. All right. That's the last time we I would do a podcast episode from your house. Exactly. <laughs> what was your favorite yes. episode, Gary? <laughs> My favorite episode was Brian Fanzo. Um, I had the great luck to meet Brian Fanzo in real life. And I was so excited that his positive energy and his passion for um, his AI art and for mental health came through in the podcast as well. And that um, I just I adore him just in general. And I was just excited that who he is authentically in real life came through in that episode. Yeah, it sure did. I think that's been one of my favorite parts of all of the recordings is I've been fortunate enough to know each one of our guests personally in some way. So whether it was like working with them for several years, like Jay Bear, or getting to be mentored by um, people like Tamsin Webster and Nene James, as you said, um, people who are colleagues and counterparts and people who I aspire to be like. Um, those people have all shown up on the show. And I'm so grateful because I think, as you said, Carrie, uh, when they come on the show, what I love about them is we're having authentic and curious and intimate, but not revealing conversations about, uh, about their experiences, both as a fan and then as a leader in their industry about how using fandom and customer experience and actually engineering that, um, is part of that. So whether you're building a an actual like external community, whether you're cultivating internal fandom um, with your employees like Joe Mole, or whether uh, you are, you know, taking kind of on your journey. I think like Laura Gassner Odding um, with the Wonder How episode, kind of taking fandom as part of your journey and and who you are as a person as part of that um, certainly has stood out to me. So I think you have been here since the very beginning, all three of you. Um, and I'm so grateful for your impact and uh, your help on the show because it's definitely not a one woman thing. Oh my gosh, can you imagine if this was a one woman thing? Um, no. But I I know that you have probably seen more than anybody kind of the transformations from behind the scenes of where Brand of Fans started and kind of this arc and and how it's developed and how it's talked about on the show has developed. The, the episodes have developed. Um, as we worked through this and as Brenda Fra- brand to fan has really kind of created its own identity, what's something that is a huge takeaway for you that maybe you didn't realize was part of this or like, when did that click for you? What the whole brand to fan approach was about? Well, I think listening to each episode, I started to ask myself afterwards, how, how can I relate to this? How can I relate to this? So Dana Snyder talked about uh, cultivating personal relationships. Uh, within the brand experience and um, as fans. And I thought about that and just uh, what brands do I engage with where I feel like I have these personal touch points, whether it's through audio or video or responses or DMs. And so I think just hearing the stories come out each week really made me think like this is relevant through all aspects of my life on the daily. And even today, I threw on my husband's LA Dodger sweatshirt and it might be, it was probably laughable to some people because I just am really not the biggest sports fan. But let's talk about how this relates to me, right? I know that if I go to the Dodger Stadium, I'm going to get a Dodger dog no matter what. And that's a part of the fan experience that I've experienced for over 30 years. 
And so this idea of fandom each week that we talked about really just transcends this. um, It's just so relatable on all levels, down to the mom who doesn't really care that much about sports, but is showing up at the Dodger Stadium and can still have an incredible time because I know exactly what to expect. I'm going to get a really good Dodger dog. And that's what matters to me. And that's the touch point for me. And so I think just listening to each of these episodes has made me realize that fandom and cultivating the affinity that we always talk about is such a personal thing and we all experience it in different ways. So as I've listened to the different guests, I've just been able to pull out nuggets each week of, oh, I can see that in my life. It's just very relatable. Yeah. And as you are helping other people build their businesses, their personal brands and operationalizing Mm -hmm. what that looks like, I know personally that you have really, you have brought stories uh, as we built the keynote, you you brought examples. And for for this part of it, you know, like you said, you don't have to be a sports fan to understand fandom. You don't have to be a Taylor Swift ticket holder um, or in some music club. Like fandom is really a natural part of kind of what we're all drawn towards. We're both tr- mm-hmm. drawn towards things that represent who we are in the world. And we're drawn towards work like being invited and extending invitations to to be a part of something and i think um that you you have seen that in the world so like i i've never been to a dodgers game i know that when we get to eventually go you're going to show me the things that don't happen on the field that are part of where you like your traditions your experience and those touch mm-hmm. points then add value to what my experience would have been um absolutely without that absolutely Cool. I'm in the same camp, so uh, I also am not a super sports fan, but just like in the um, Scott Stratton episode where he talks about you can't just bombard people with sales pitches all day, you've got to tell a story. I fall in love with the stories around sports, right? So like, I live in Denver, Denver Nuggets are in the finals, but I'm wearing the Miami Heat, Uh year today and all week and my husband is terrified for me to leave the house in it um but i love jimmy butler i love jimmy butler's story i love the person he is on instagram i love how he encourages other um players to expand their brands into food and follow their passions he owns a coffee brand and an athletic wear brand and i believe an ice cream brand um and his instagram is beautiful and you would not know he's a basketball player if he wasn't, you know, in the finals at the moment and his love of music I resonate with. So just like Scott Stratton said in that episode, my big takeaway was like, you've got to tell the stories because people fall mm-hmm. in love with the stories. Yeah. The storytelling part is such a huge piece of that, right? It's it's what actually connects. So as we've been building kind of this brand of fan map or model of what that is, like that story piece kind of becomes the invitation that is extended, like being so clear on on who you are and what you stand for, and then being willing to to put that out into the world in a way that other people can resonate is is literally that invitation from one to another to say like come with, right? This is worth following and and worth being part mm-hmm. of. And then um, all those little things, right? The like you were saying, the music, the the personal branding, the the different interests that outside of basketball for someone like Jimmy Butler. Those all little like touch points and connections really make a difference in building trust. Um, And so that authenticity has to be there to build trust. Ashley, what do you got? 
I'd have to agree, but mine is more technical. So the way that we watched the whole show evolve. So going into it, I could see like somebody says, oh, I'm not a marketer. I'm not, I don't, I don't deal with fandom on a daily basis. So why does this interest me? And, and it kind of just comes full circle from what everybody was talking about is that it is the stories because you're involved in it somehow. You just don't know how you're involved in it until you listen to these stories that these people are telling. And it's more about, you know, the human connection and how we can connect to those other people rather than here's how I make money. Here's how I get dollars. And I think that if you're the average person or even an entrepreneur or somebody who's a CEO who might have been doing this for a really long time, you can kind of lose what that feels like and get narrowed into we've got to do this, we've got to reach our audience. And you don't think about how it affects them. It's just whether or not you reach them. And so like going into this, I thought, well, I don't know how I'm going to resonate with some of these guests. And every single time I am pleasantly surprised because they're all different in their own right. And they all have these amazing stories to share or this amazing energy or, and I think part of that has to do with us talking about the, those same two questions you ask every single time is your favorite piece of fanware. You know, you've got to get it all in there. And then they have this great story that comes along with it. Or even um, the TLDO. I'm sorry, but that's my favorite part. Every single time. Y'all know that everybody's a busy person around this, you know, in this camp here. Everybody has a minimal amount of time and it's precious. So the fact that you can boil it all down real fast and it's like, okay, I got to go back and listen to this later while I'm doing the dishes, but I need to get to this part real quick. The fact that that is incorporated into it and you can wrap it up within like three minutes. I'm now thinking like, man, why don't I leave that for the end? Why don't we just cut that piece out and put it in the beginning like everybody else, right? And you just put it at the end. We just right. put it in front. So then, then you can listen to it, listen to the episode, listen to it back. And that's how the magic is made, right? I, I wouldn't mm -hmm. be able to... This show for me has taken on an arc and, and production-wise change because of not just because of the tools that we're using and things, but like just the input. And like, well, what if we tried this thing? What should I ask this person? What other story kind of goes with that? And as we're building out other assets and and pieces of kind of the brand of fan approach and what that looks like for our personal clients, what that looks like from stage and what that looks like certainly in the podcast and what we're presenting, um, that is. But I think actually for me, the one of my biggest kind of arcs has also been like, oh, this is for marketers. This is for business leaders. Well, at the same time, I'm building like several, another startup. And so the entrepreneurial, like, what do like, what do I need as a marketer in that heart has come through? And then what do I need as an entrepreneur in the same episode, I think has also come through and probably mm -hmm. completely unintentionally. Um, mm -hmm. But it has been one of my favorite parts. And it's, um, you know, and again, ha having my friends slash guests who are just brilliant people from all walks of life, I mean, I remember when I got on with Laura Gassner-Odding and the first 20 minutes of our conversation, which weren't recorded, were just kind of like coaching therapy. And she was like, where are you at? Like, yeah, it's a bad week and da, da, da. And she starts, you know, coaching me through like she does. She's brilliant. And I was like, wait, we're going to run out of time. Like, if you're going to do this, like, let's make it an episode because if I need it, then somebody else likely needs to hear that as well. And so that has been... um kind of a piece that I didn't intend for that side of my brain to come out. Um, but I'm sure glad that I did because I think knowing a ton of founders and startup entrepreneurs and especially female founders, like we're looking for that. 
um, in a lot of different places. So, you know, this isn't just a marketing podcast. It's not just a business podcast. It's a people podcast. Um, and I'm, I'm totally okay with that. You're listening to Brand to Fan with Lauren Teague. More after this. Getting video from your phone into socials just isn't as easy as we'd like it to be. That's why I've started to use Pictory.ai. It's a powerful AI technology that allows you to create and edit and brand and share incredible videos that start either with the text of a copy that you have or video from your phone or out of Zoom. I use Pictory.ai to create all of the shareable social media videos for the Brand Fan Show. I totally recommend that you try it out. And I've got a special link for you to do so. Go to lauren.click slash make a video and create your first shareable video on Pictory.ai. That link is lauren.click slash make a video. Now back to Brand to Fan. I remember so many of our conversations behind the scenes too, as this has evolved talking about all of a sudden these stories that we remember from growing up. And we looked at like the brand experience and being coming a fan, not even realizing it, that certain brands have been part of our lives. And we've been kind of, um, we've fallen in love with over the years and, and we've built a loyalty towards those brands, organizations, companies without even knowing. And so that's been one of my favorite parts to just think about, oh yeah, you know, growing up, we always went with Heinz Ketchup. We're not going to go with any other brand. And then kind of looking back at why, or I, or you guys will remember that I talked about experiences of shopping for Spanx with my mom and how that became a part of our routine for every special event. It was part of now um, this story of my life. So it got bigger than just, I'm not just a fan, but these are core memories of my life. Any special event, we stopped in the store to get Spanx the night before. It was just something we did. And so I've loved kind of looking in reverse, like taking all of this knowledge from all the guests and then going, oh, wow, this has been a part of my life for my entire existence. In the same vein, we've also uncovered how we look towards the future with brands, right? Because remember, we all had that conversation where we're like, oh, yeah, we all have Stanleys. But what do we know about the brand? Does it align with our values? Does it tell us good stories? Are we all just trying to get that drop color because somebody at Instagram told stories told us they were dropping one at Target this week, right? right and so right. for me, a big takeaway has been examining the brands that I support and seeing if they're doing that work and telling those stories and holding values that I hold as well. Yeah, that's certainly that part between like, okay, I have a, a some sort of connection to this brand. Now I'm building a relationship. And then there's like, but to activate that trust factor, people are going to be watching what you do. People are going to be watching who you hire, what you show up at, how you show up in the good times and the bad. And we've certainly seen a lot of brands who have succeeded at that. And then a ton of brands who (laughs) missed up. And, you know, it's not uncommon for a brand to get called out today on social media for a misstep. But, you know, there's also, for some reason, it catches people by surprise, right? Like, oh, I... You know, that that brand wasn't really who I thought it was, really, because they've been showing up like this for decades, years since, you know, like, look at look at who who's here, who's part of the team, who's, you know, who they're really trying to activate around and who their audiences are. Um, once you start to look really at a company to build, to see if they're worth trusting, um, that certainly is part of it. I think the same goes for like influencers and personal brands and, and people who are who are doing this. Um that certainly is something for me as I'm thinking about 
how people fall in and out of love with brands. And I think going forward for me, exploring that what happens in the fallout side, what happens when you lose trust? What happens when you're not? You know, like tattoos are mostly forever (laughs) in most cases. Uh, They're very expensive to undo. Um, But fandom certainly is not forever. And it can take one micro act um, and just a total slip up. Um, And that happens regularly. And it's sometimes, sometimes people grow apart from something that they were a fan of. I mean, eighth grade Lauren is not still putting posters of Nick Carter on her wall and like, you know, (laughs) buying, um, roguely buying Backstreet Boys tickets for her birthday. But that's a totally different story. You know, I'm not, but at the same time, like I kind of grew away from that at the same time. Now that they're back in on the scene, I'm kind of like, oh, my gosh, you're going to buy the detergent. You're going to buy the detergent, girl, because they're singing on the commercial. They won you back. There it is. Someone who has seen them in concert recently, highly recommend. Worth it. (laughs) Well, maybe uh, maybe for an upcoming birthday, then we can. uh, There we go. (laughs) We can do that. Right. So, like, I think the thing that I missed exploring so far, which is fine. I mean, we're only 20 episodes in, um, is that fallout. And I really want to know from people who have had bad experiences or fallen out in a in a way that was disastrous to them or to the brand. Um, I, I think that is like kind of the cover that we don't want to pull off and I'm ready to pull that one off. So I'm excited to do that. What mm-hmm. else do you want to see from the brand fan show? This is something we're going to ask the listeners to contribute as well. But just curious, you know, like based on where we've gone from here, like what do you think is next? What what other things do we need to uncover here? Well, I'm going to piggyback on what you said. Like, I want to see the fallout also, but I want to see what happened after that. So like, I want to know what the customer felt and how it impacted them and whatever other aspects in their life it impacted them. But I want to know, I want to hear the stories of where the, the, the company tried to win them back because I know that's happening. And I, I want to know, like, how far were, will they go? How far are they going to go to get that loyalty back? Cause, and can you ever really win it all the way back is the probably the more important question. Yeah, it's really good. I've got a couple ideas right now in my head from like, I remember the first, the earliest, like the McDonald's coffee, like debacles of like, must have been the 90s, like coffee's too hot, spilled on my lap. Like, okay, like what happened? I was not studying it in the same way as I would today. so. Um, thanks for that. Already starting to um, percolate yeah. some ideas. <laughs> Coffee pun. Kimberly, yeah. how about you? Yeah, well, we did talk a little bit about what happens when a brand missteps with in Jake's episode. He talked about Southwest and the fact of like what it felt like to be part of a community. But I think definitely I'm excited to explore that. But what I loved there was he mentioned that when a brand missteps or you have an experience that is just not what you expect from them, but you're part of their community, there's this moment where you go, but we know them. We know who they are. And so you offer them more grace, even use that word in this episode, just a little bit more grace than maybe you normally would if you stay part of that community because they've built that trust with you. So I would say, um, I would just love to hear how you continue to build trust on a daily with the video tools that we have nowadays, whether it be TikTok or Instagram or YouTube, like what that looks like showing up to build intentional trust with your community on the daily so that when things do happen, because they will inevitably happen, every brand is going to go through some rough patches or some, I mean, especially in today's um, world where things are 
traveling so fast and the decisions are being made so fast. And ultimately, there's humans behind all of this. So mistakes are going to happen. But I would just love to hear more about what it looks like establishing trust on the daily using these amazing tools that we have to get in front of people and to build these human connections, which I think we've done, but I'm excited to go a little bit deeper. Carrie, I know you have something to say. Well, I was trying to decide between two. Uh, One is I'd really love to know where people are having success making connections outside of the volatility of social media. Um, I don't think today in marketing, it's all 100% in in social media. And it's and it's not being, even when it is 100% in, it's not being done in the, the, the best, most connective way, right? It's like requiring two posts a week and not allowing people to put up billboards, that kind of thing, right? And, and, and forgetting about your local, mar- local area marketing. And then the other one I'd love to see us explore is um, this introduction. And I know it's a word that's really hot right now, but I really want to know how people are creating that authenticity and that storytelling piece using AI. Because I think it's really super easy to push the button and let the machine do the work. But we've seen in the past that when you standardize and formulize your plan and your brand, it loses that authenticity piece. And so I, I want to know how brands and people, founders and customers and consumers can trust in this new culture of AI. Yeah, it was, uh, I was spent last week, um, one day last week down in Sacramento with Jay Bear, um, watching him give his new talk called Time to Win. And he actually talked about how the companies that power chatbots on a website have built in an actual like delay on the response. So there's a, like a three second delay timer on the response because the the output can be so fast that we actually as humans don't trust the output because it would fire so fast so just like we've been using like a chat gpt and we've been using um cast magic and and other ai tools to help us with this pod um you know those outputs boom so quickly and you actually have to build in a delay if it's going back to a human because it it can just be generated so fast so that is a fascinating fascinating look um, at, at what's coming next and coming down the pipe. And, and everybody's got to be aware of that because this is not, um, this is not NFTs. <laughs> this is not crypto, right? Like, I don't think, I don't think next year, I don't think we're going to be like, oh, that was a fun blip. Um, and I, I really do think that this technology is here to stay. So that's, um, a really interesting look at that as well. Okay, ladies, you know, we, uh, we wanted to make this a shorter than unusual episode and although we can all stay in chat as long as we would like uh it's also um fair to the the listeners to wrap this with one question that i ask everybody on the brand fan show uh, and that is what is your favorite favorite piece of fanware that's either in your closet now or something you used to have don't make me go first i gotta think about it i'll go because then Ashley. we can just you can, I'm going to, I'm going to say a sad one. Never you can go wah, wah, and then you can move on. How's that? Um, I am wearing my favorite piece of fanware. This is a Rams uh, veteran hat. Um, and uh, my dad got it. He is not a Rams fan, but he bought it because he wanted a baseball cap when he was visiting me. And it, he came for 
um, Veterans Day and they were doing a celebration of my kid's school. He's since passed away. And before he left, he had left it. He's like, I don't, I don't chill for the Rams. You hang on to this kid. So he left it with me. So I keep it with me. I have it in my closet. I wear it sometimes, but it was my papa's. And so that is my favorite piece of fan wear. And so I say, go Rams, love the hat. There you go. Yeah. And I know that you have, you don't have to talk about it, but you do have other personal connections to the Rams and what they've done for you and your family. So they are amazing and I love all of them. And I, so if I have to cheer for anyone, I will be cheering for the Rams. Wonderful. That's a good story. See the stories, right? Is what you're saying. Mm -hmm. All right. Kimberly, do you have one? I do. So I, mine was, you know, very memorable like that. I was going to say just, um, Anything that my pop used to wear, which my my grandpa. So I remember he had a Raiders jacket. And when he passed away, I just remember like that was something in the closet that I wanted. There's something he wore with pride. It had nothing to do with um, my connection to that to that specific team other than it was like what it represented being worn by somebody that I love. And yeah. the constantness of it. I mean, it was just something that I saw for years and years and years. And so it was highly valued as like a legacy for his life. Isn't that incredible that a piece of clothing can be so tied to someone's identity that that's literally how you remember them? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Unbelievable. Okay. Yeah, Um, beat that, Carrie. Come on. My, my, okay, so I'm going to pivot. I'm going to pull a Tamsin and pivot. Uh, Mine is not sports ball related. Uh, My favorite fan wear in my closet are my Dermot Kennedy pieces from his concerts at Red Rocks. Uh, He had special fanware created just for the concert that incorporates the two red rocks and it was the first concert i took one of my sons to and if any of you have been to a concert at red rocks you will know that it is a cathedral ethereal like experience to be out surrounded in nature and have to hike into the venue and hike out and uh, just hear the music under the stars echoing in the mountains and it's Oh, it's a lot. Yeah. So that's my fan wear or my Dermot Kennedy piece. I guess you get a pass if it's not something <laughs> that we can list on FanWagon yet. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. I understand. Now, I will like to note that I am the only person on the call that is not wearing uh, recognizable fan gear. And that is because I am not ready to tell the listeners about my own piece of fan wear. So uh, hang tight. You'll have to wait for a different episode um, for that. Thank you all so much for joining me to talk about your favorite moments on Brand of Fan Show. This show, literally not done without the contributions from each one of you, um, whether it's building the episode, making sure the episode gets published, or promoting it for the world to see. Um, these three ladies help me do that and more. And someday, when our schedules all align for 30 minutes like this, uh, you might be hearing us on another podcast someday. If you would like to hear that, Make sure to give us a shout out in social media at TFC and let us know if you want to hear from the mom squad on things that aren't related to fandom. <laughs> Not at but all. Might be, but might be. Maybe. 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 I get to sports ball stuff with you all the time. So thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Carol. You're listening to Brand to Fan with Lauren Teague. More after this. As you're out in the world listening to the Brand to Fan show, look up. And start to count the number of team hats, t-shirts, pullovers, and jerseys you see. Once you start to see them, 
sports logos and team colors are seemingly everywhere. Well, this is exactly why I decided to build FanWagon, the web's re-commerce marketplace for buying, discovering, and reselling your sports fanware, be it vintage or just last season's jersey. FanWagon aims to serve both buyers and sellers at the intersection of sustainability and fandom and create a personalized and easy experience for second fan fashion. I'd love for you to go check it out today at fanwagn.com. That's fanwagon.com. I'll see you there. Now back to brand to fan. Here's Lauren Teague. Well, you heard what the ladies had to say about their favorite episodes here on Brandon Fan Show and such a great conversation with them. But before I sign off, I wanted to share with you a little bit of the evolution of how I'm thinking about fandom and how it's constructed. One of the promises I make on this show is to show you how to unpack the phenomenon of fandom so that we can re-engineer it as a brand and we can use fandom to build better businesses for the future. So I've actually started working on a contextual model, one that helps kind of shape what the fandom experience looks like and how then we can use that to create fans of our business. Now, for the sake of the podcast, I can't actually show you said model. So instead, I'm going to put a diagram up on the website in the show notes for you and also in the LinkedIn article. So if you see this, um, if you hear this, go check that out on LinkedIn. Um, Go check that out on laurenteague.com or brandafan.show. Essentially, I've created uh, a model that looks like pond ripples. See, we've talked on this show about attention versus affinity. And attention to me is like throwing a big rock into the pond and letting that big splash kind of carry the momentum, which also quickly dies out if there's not more momentum added to that. Instead of throwing a big rock, I've been thinking about how to throw lots of pebbles, a handful of pebbles into the same pond. When you throw a handful of pebbles into the pond and they splash, they all create ripples that start to intersect. And we all know when you get enough ripples, it creates wave, right? And creates a ripple effect. And that's what I've been thinking about as I've been thinking about how to teach fandom and what the ripples of fandom look like. The rocks that we throw, big or small, is the invitation. The invitation to join in, to to fill a need, to solve a problem, to reach a goal. That invitation piece is crucial. That's where fandom must kind of originate from, is whether it's a sports team or a music artist, or this is my favorite brand of uh, toilet paper. This is my favorite home decor. This is my favorite software for my business. Um, Those pieces kind of start with that word of mouth invitation. Someone else who's already on this journey ahead of you is reaching back and sharing that invitation. Sometimes it's the brand itself, but oftentimes it's actually more of a word of mouth extension from a guide who's already on that journey. 
And as we think of that being that invitation being the initial splash, the ripples that follow I've named interest, connection, and emotion. That's where those things start to come out. Somebody invites you, eventually if that invitation fits a need that you have, then that triggers interest, a willingness to go along with the invitation and to start to add an experience that creates a story for you, creates a connection in your life. The more connections and touch points we have um, with our customers, the likelihood that we develop emotional touch points with them too. So as from the brand side, if we are making these small connections, we're able to to use those touch points to to build usefulness and to build relationship eventually um, through that emotion. Once we built a relationship where someone is like, yeah, I do this thing. Um, I'm a customer of this. I drive a Jeep. I use this product. I hired this person that your brand product or service becomes kind of part of their everyday um, as a regular, you're showing up regularly and they're showing up regularly with you. That relationship then builds more trust between the two of you. And ultimately that trust, as it builds up over time, leads to super fandom, which not all of our customers and our fans are going to get to this level of kind of super fandom where their identity actually aligns with your brand, where you've actually taken your your brand becomes a part of them and they actually feel a sense of ownership to it. If you want to hear a little bit about how that plays out in real life, I encourage you to go back to the episode with Tamsin Webster um, towards the end. And she's talking about the alignment with her uh, fandom of Diane Van Furstenberg and the DVF dresses that she wears. And Tamsin so eloquently shares how the dress is actually an extension of how Tamsin herself shows up in the world. Uh, so if you want to you hear how that identity super fandom piece develops in real life, um, listen back to that episode with Tamsin Webster to hear from someone who really is expressing fandom is part of their identity. So that's just a little bit about this ripples of fandom, right? It starts with with throwing rocks, hopefully handfuls of pebbles as your invitations into the water. And it's as those pebbles create ripples of connection and building relationship, it's also developing these, um, these byproducts with your customers. You know, you have to hook them and get them interested. You have to develop Um, these touch points that create emotional responses because that's what creates the stories that we tell to invite others. And as we're building out this relationship over time, eventually developing more and more trust so that someone is willing to take a step from like, I do this thing to I am this thing, that, that your brand is part of their identity. More to come on Ripples of Fandom and the contextual model overall. Um, this is something that I'm presenting in keynotes. It's, it's something I'm sketching out for the future of a book um, around brand to fan with the stories that we're capturing here on the podcast. Um, but again, if you want to see kind of what it looks like, I'm going to put it on brandtofan.show in the show notes on my website um, and also in the LinkedIn newsletters. If you aren't subscribed yet on LinkedIn, just hit my profile 
um, or search for hashtag brand a fan and you'll come across the newsletter that goes out every week with the episode. I hope this has been helpful. I would love to hear your feedback. Find me on LinkedIn, find me on Instagram at TGFC um, and let me know which part of this resonates with you. And in the spirit of episode 20 and uh, our favorite episodes, would love to hear what yours are too so that we can share that with others. Thanks again for being here. We'll see you next week with a very sweet episode, episode 21. See you then. Thanks again for tuning into this episode of the Brand of Fan Show. I'm your host, Lauren Teague, marketing speaker, strategist, and the founder of FanWagon. You know, it means a lot to me to spend this time with you. So if you like what you're hearing, I'd love if you could drop me a note at brandofan at teaguefc.com or message me on Instagram where I'm also teaguefc. If these brand of fan conversations resonate with you and you'd like to share this message with your audience, go to laurenteague.com to find out how I guide businesses and associations to stop chasing shiny objects and instead build for lasting affinity. The Brand Fan Show is produced by Teague FC and supported by FanWagon. Audio production is done by Brian Griggs and video editing done by Garrett Teague. Our producers are Kimberly Voorhees, Ashley Ruiz, and Carrie Hillbush. You can catch up on past episodes and guests and access bonus content by visiting brandtofan.show.